<laughs> Tommy sent uh, us a yeah. 10 second drum snippet to put underneath. This. <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be a track? All right. <laughs> Putting this on the next album. Yo, this is Video Dave. And Controller 7. We're over here on Dad Bod Rap Pod. Uh, just had a thrilling conversation. Highs, lows, thrills, and chills. You got to check it out. Podcasting live from San Jose, California. It's the Dead Bod Rap Pod. I am one third of your host, Damone Carter, aka Dem One. I am joined by my man, my Mizza. Oh, it doesn't say Mizza. Nate has arranged his uh, Zoom name in such a way that I'm even afraid to say it, Mister LeBlanc. <laughs> <laughs> That is an old inside joke between Dave and I. Um, what's up, everybody? Um, we're back. We took a little mm-hmm. break. We uh, we needed time to, like, I don't know, not do Live. this for a little while. Yeah. Uh, to recuperate, to to do different stuff, uh, to have a summer, not a bummer, and uh, we're here. <laughs> that we are, Dave Ma. Has it been a cool summer or a cruel summer? Oh man, always cruel, always cruel. Um, really, really good to see you guys. I mean, I know we've uh, had a chance to see each other um, in person, which we'll get into in a second. But I feel like we haven't done this since the dark ages, man. So, um, yeah, really, yeah re- really good to be here. And uh, shout out to all the listeners who've still um, been hanging on, uh, listening to our classic episodes. In the meantime, hope uh, hope y'all have uh, gotten some cool stuff out of that, just like we enjoyed doing them. Yeah, man, it's been a a cool journey for me this summer putting together the classic episodes and like digging through the DBRP archives. I'll say it. Um, we're, we're pretty good now, but we weren't bad before. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always think of the early episodes as terrible. So if you're actually listening to them and you're like, I'm like, it's basically the same. Cause we're the same guys, right? Yeah. I, I mean, technically we've, we've kind of come, leveled up a bit um but yeah in, in terms of form and content uh we were mad decent then we're mad decent now and we appreciate you guys tapping into the classic episodes we're back with a new one uh just wanted to kind of catch up on what's been going down this summer before we do that i have a really more serious question as youths did you guys have slip and slides i, I did not have a slip and slide i did not have a slip and slide i um 
the, the, they always seemed very dangerous. They're super dangerous. <laughs> yeah, you were not wrong about that. Mr. and Mrs. Mom were like, saw that commercial. They're like, nope. Totally, totally. Like, why, my dad's not going to like pay a bunch of money for like a, a piece of plastic that's going to kill me. yeah um definitely kind of like makeshift ones at my house and my neighbors yes. had the real slip and slide um it has to be very flat and you got to be careful where you end it, it yeah <laughs> where the slip and slide ends is like where the track ends you gotta yeah. you really gotta uh, land that. and if there's like a twig or a rock underneath that piece <laughs> oh, dude man. like that is just dangerous dangerous territory dangerous. that can't be a thing anymore right that's been like i have not out of existence yeah i haven't seen one in a long time the the reason i think about it is uh i too had a had a makeshift because my parents weren't going to uh to kmart to buy no regular price one so my dad got this my stepdad got this really big like we have tarps at home exactly <laughs> piece of clear plastic yeah just say, like saran wrap like pretty that's pretty much what it is it's like <laughs> sliding down a garbage bag on your uh on your lawn so we got this clear one and we're having the fucking time of our lives and then we realized at the end of the day that it had burnt the grass underneath it it had burnt right. like a bacon style strip of grass underneath that's it hilarious we didn't get to uh, use it anymore you know how it's like iconic and it's in every movie about new york in like the 50s through the 70s of like them taking the cap off the, the fire hydrant the fire hydrant is like our suburban version of that like making a makeshift slip and slide uh yeah that's about as, as close to uh do the right thing as we got uh or, or maybe we're uh sneaking into a pool <laughs> yeah like, pools, either you know a neighbor what? a neighbor or a like a community pool kind of situation like where we interviewed volume 10 um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I think either that or fucking squirt guns, right? Yeah. Like squirt guns, I remember those being a, a huge deal back when I remember back when, when Super Soakers first came out and it was like, oh, we've like we've like split the atom on totally, water totally, guns, dude. Totally. Yeah. Game changer. It was the uh to whom it may concern of water guns. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I too remember that summer. Um, I think that's that's probably the equivalent activity for us. Hope you guys have been having a, a dope summer thus far. It hasn't been uh too oppressively hot here in San Jose. Um, although it's supposed to get mad musty this weekend. So um just getting ready for that. But we've like been outside, guys, like on multiple multiple occasions. Um was it? I guess it's about two weeks now ago. We had uh, Sean Kantrowitz come to town for the Eastside Record Swap and did a live version of the game. Nate, you were amazed that we were able to bring in Open Mike Eagle via yeah, satellite. Why do you doubt my telecommunications abilities? <laughs> it's not. It's not you at all. <laughs> it's just like sounded unlikely that we could like zoom in uh, someone and had just it just worked perfectly. It like yeah. set up perfectly. I was it was totally. so dope. So just to set the scene a little bit, we were in like a room at like it's called the School of Arts and Culture in East San Jose. But it's if you think of like what a community center looks like, it's kind of like a community center, like multi-purpose room. And had record vendors set up around the side. Sean had the table set up to sell the questions game, which was awesome. Um, the whole game ran off of like a projection, and then at one point, um, Damone like kind of like teased the crowd and he's like, we have a special guest, uh, you know, our homie and our podcast patron, 
rapper, entertainer, open Mike Eagle, everybody, and everybody turned toward the door. <laughs> Mike was going to walk in like he'd been uh, hiding out at the Mexican wedding that was across the way for like three hours. Uncle Miguel. <laughs> Miguel Labierto in this house. Um, and then it was like he came up on the screen. He was just holding his phone. He was in like Culver City or something. He yeah, was also yeah. outside, and we just bantered with him for like 10 minutes. It was super dope, dude. Yeah, man, I was, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was a, a little impressed with it all myself. Um, <laughs> the the idea was to bring Mike in and have him be a contestant, but I think he was in line mm -hmm. at Panera, so he didn't, he couldn't, uh, <laughs> he couldn't hang out as long as he wanted to, had to pick up his sourdough sandwich. Um, but it was, yeah, it was super cool to uh, have the questions game. The live version of the questions game is so dope, you guys. It's, it was my first time seeing it in person. Um, my favorite part of the question and answer was Dave disputing the the merits of the dad bod rap pod question he had worked in. Um, just perfect. You were you were visibly upset by that. <laughs> I Dave, was. Dave got I was. that one wrong. He booked it. I, I did get it wrong. I'm glad I like um, 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 uh, logged off of the little uh, on screen thing uh, on, the, on the phone. It was so fun though, and. Even Nate and I remarked on the side that you and Sean just just killed it on like such a natural level. It was so funny and well organized, and um, I I'm still kind of reeling over the uh, Vampire Weekend step being oh man being tied to Souls of Mischief step to my girl. I never knew that. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. I saw the the smoke coming out of your ears. I was too. You want a reel? <laughs> Try listening to it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Oh man! I think I told you guys this when I was driving Sean back to his hotel, and I since I had looked it up because I was also unfamiliar with that song. Um, it started playing. You know when you plug in your phone and it just plays whatever you were last playing, and sometimes right. that's kind of embarrassing. It's not embarrassing because Sean was like, you know, obviously came up with the question and knew the he knows the guy who produced it and all this stuff. But I was oh, just sure. like, oh no, ew! Entire <laughs> 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 weekend playing in my car, like this is not happening right now. No. Um, you you weren't a you weren't like twenty two. I don't mess with Vampire Weekend, dude. And like the, their whole steez of like biting Graceland era Paul Simon and being like white country club dudes, like totally no. sounds intellectually up my alley. But it's not in in practice. I cannot stand them. Totally, you're more they're definite bloodsuckers. You know what I mean? <laughs> Vampire Weekday for you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I totally I totally get it. Um, yeah, it, it was dope. Needle to the Groove uh, was moving records like crazy. Needle to the Groove just left records yeah. behind. I had never <laughs> seen that before. He was like, actually, all this now is free. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. Um, like, come, come grab a box. I am not yeah. bringing this back to my car. I'm not taking nothing back. And people were excited to, uh, to grab the record. So shout out to everybody who came out to the East Side record swap. Shout out to Sean Katrowitz and the questions if the questions game comes to your town, I would highly suggest that you fuck with it. I Super really want to go to one where I did not help come up with the prompts for the questions so I can play. That's that. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. He yeah. just did one. Um, was it at delicious vinyl? Something um, like that. Pizza, I think, right? Delicious pizza. Yes. Yeah. Um, in LA. So shout out to the delicious. man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was some fun shit. And then like two weeks later, we were outside again, which is just wild. I mean, unheard literally, of, unheard of. Literally, Nate is low key tanned right now. We've been outside <laughs> so much. Um, we were at uh, Amoeba Records in Berkeley 
for the book signing event with Dante Ross. Dave, um, how do you keep plugging us with fly shit? Just <laughs> elaborate. Oh man, there's really nothing to elaborate on. I mean, I was just talking to Nate earlier about like the notion of clout and clout chasing. And I think, um, you know, what we've been doing, not, not like directly, directly purposefully, but, you know, I think we built a little bit of clout. So it's nice that uh, our name gets floated and mentions when sort of uh, cool events come up and to, uh, yeah. to be able to like, just, you know, be on the same stage with you guys and Dell and Dante and clapping right. in the background was really really insane and just in in the weeks leading up to it we're talking about all all the rest of uh, Dante's book tours and it's like oh uh in in LA you did it with uh Be Real and uh Wolf and, <laughs> and you know what I mean it's just crazy and, and uh, it's just crazy man so um in New York you did it with Just Plays and right. uh right. in Berkeley you want us to be there all right all right so oh. yeah man happy to do it <laughs> really fun um bigger crowd than we than we even yeah. expected yeah a lot of um, folks Latif from Latirix was in the house. It was just really, really cool to see and be a part yeah. of. Uh, Nick so, Andre, the producer, was in the house. Yes. Um, yeah, it was just so so cool to see such a long line to see books get signed. Uh, Dell literally performed one verse of Boo Boo Heads. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Chef's uh, kiss. Two, yeah, two would have been too much. Totally. <laughs> um, big shout out to Ray. And uh, I was also able mm. to meet Evan, mm. who's the other hip hop dude at mm. Amoeba Berkeley, both like super knowledgeable cats. And Ray yeah. is like a friend of the program. And uh, the way they they have their in-store shit down to a science, dude, yeah. like they just had it. They just had it so hooked up. It's like yeah. we walked in 20, put our backpacks down. They had little posters for us to roll up and take home. I was like, yeah, Man, you guys thought of everything. So it was so dope. And like 20 minutes later, we were on stage asking Dante questions. And Dante was mad cool in real life, man. Like yeah, mad cool. a lot mad cool. less cantankerous than mm -hmm. you might expect from his kind of public persona. And uh, for someone who just read the book in like the three previous days to the event, like didn't try to fight anyone, didn't like uh, <laughs> didn't get into any arguments or like, you know break up with any women like yeah. it was just like yeah. just yeah. super happy to be there super happy to tell stories and just like just like a rad dude it was so cool to meet him in real life yeah shout yeah. out to uh, ray for the uh, hospitality too man they, he was just like just very gracious like from the get-go and i was talking to nate like sort of towards the end we took a picture with dante and he pulls us aside and whispers like hey you guys need anything ever just let me know i owe you one and i'm like <laughs> just mafia shit yeah, I know. Totally. It felt very godfathery, honestly, right. in, in like right. the best way. In the best way. It was the hugest honor. And I mean, we weren't expecting yeah. any sort of payback, but I mean, that no. just that in itself is priceless. Yeah, on the day of my book signing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, a just little to be crowded involved. on the stage, I will say that. It's like, there was this all, is it meant was... for like one rapper with a turntable backing. We got five dudes with microphones. I really thought I was going to fall off the stage. I, oh, I, right. Totally. I felt like uh, Dave, Dave Ma did us a solid because it was supposed to be Dave Ma in conversation. And he was like, no, no, no. I'm a package <laughs> deal. <laughs> we, we came along with, but I feel like we were a value add, man. It was a, yeah, it was you really your hosting was brilliant, dude. After the, yeah, like, the first couple questions, you really loosened up and started busting balls a little bit. Like, <laughs> um, it was so tight of Dante to acknowledge that, like, we were not there to talk about Everlast or yeah, totally. <laughs> like he, he knew the the people he chose were going to want to talk about Dell and you know yeah. Nubian and Old Dirty and like you know the the classic shit that we we. 
in like there's no other way to put it grew up on Absolutely. the music totally. that Dante brought to various labels like yeah but but he's so self-aware that like um he knows how those records are perceived in rooms like that Right, but he's also right. like, I bought a house off of Whitey Ford. So, right. <laughs> but, and, and just the way he carries that, there's an asshole-ish way to do that. But he, he was super um, cool. Totally. I, yesterday, I went over to my parents' house and my auntie was there and I was trying to describe what my weekend had been like. And, you know, that's kind of hard with people who are not like of the culture. And yes. uh, so I was explaining it and I finally, like, it's like, dead eyes like no recognition <laughs> whatsoever until i was like and then he produced he produced two songs on santana supernatural and she's like oh that's my favorite record i love that record and i'm like okay we got there it took till the very end of his career and my story but we got there man she's that's how expensive she's not a brand new being fan <laughs> <laughs> she's like lord jamar solo never came out um, <laughs> Uh, Dante's comment about uh, the fracturing of of Grand Puba and Brand Nubian and, and putting together their second albums into one album, I thought was a, a brilliant suggestion. It just speaks to the level of like, you know, Dante's a really a, a hip hop nerd, as as Nate yeah. kind of drew him out to say. He he noted that we're we're there's two type of hip hop nerds, um, the right, cool kind right, like right. us. And then the other kind, I was like, like us. No, he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. he, said, he said people get too personal and they get too yeah. familiar, which like I have yeah. seen that happen many times. I've probably done it to people on this show. You just yeah. like you need to maintain a healthy distance with these people. I, I, would, I was just saying, like, I wanted to talk to Dante about the hip hop nerd thing because he talks about it on Twitter sometimes. Yeah. And like people get too personal like they want to know like he was saying they want to know like the intimate details like i think the example he used was like what color socks was doom wearing when he recorded hum rush or whatever and it's like, <laughs> you don't get to know that like that's yeah, not yeah. that's not for you so like it's we're he i think he understands we're all excited about this we all love this but yeah. there's there's a way to approach and you just got to be careful it's still like he's a he's a tough new yorker who had a crazy yeah, yeah, childhood. Yeah. like you really right. like need to give space and be respectful uh, uh, pugnacious cat uh but super affable and chill it was a great event a lot of folks came to sign the book which is a, a really good uh memoir i i don't i'm not gonna sit here and lie to you that i say i read every book that comes our way but i i did read that one um and it's I a really every great book memoir. that comes our way for the most part and this is by far one of the most entertaining ones and you could just pick up and pick a page at random and they will definitely yeah. be talking about some crazy album you loved when you were a kid and like some details on it. It, it was a really, really fast, really, really well done. And like, we talked about this too. And I guess we're just going to talk about the whole thing. Now it is so much in his voice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm glad you um, addressed that too, Nate. You asked him sort of about the writerly background and how much of that was him and how much of that was the editor. So I was really glad to see, um, I mean, not just your question, man. And, and just to, just to your earlier point, like Damone's hosting was just fucking awesome, man. It really just um, lined up the mood so um, so easy and so natural and just a very professional too. So um, overall, man, I mean, I, I walked away being like, dude, we, we kind of killed it. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah, okay. so fun. And like, we got to buy some records. We got our right. books signed. Like, it just yeah. the whole day was so cool. Yeah. Um, super stoked to do that. If anyone else who's writing a book wants us to do that for them, we are easily reachable. Yeah, I, I hear um, another Obama memoir, maybe. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see Crust Love sat down with fucking Bill Clinton? Really? Uh, yeah. 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 
Uh, I have feels that I won't disclose at this time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, great event. We did so we did a, a couple of great events uh, this month. It's been a, a pretty cool summer. We took a little step back from uh, producing. Oh, oh can I mention one other thing before you move on? I know you're moving on, and we have, we're in a hurry. But uh, Dave and I DJed a like, oh shit vinyl night at a brewery. Right oh, in between shit. those That's two right. things. That's right. Oh, That's man. right. A man. lot of really cool stuff happened that night, but uh, the co- comedian Marcella Arguello showed up out of nowhere. Yes. Like, yes. She, I guess she has a friend who lives in San Jose, and I'm a Crazy. big fan of her comedy, and she seemed to be, like, digging the vibe we were creating with the music that night. So that that was another crazy thing. We're on this little, like, two-week run of, like, weird interactions with people we've only, like, known <laughs> from afar. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, yeah. anyway, we could move on. But I was just like... That we 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 would be remiss if we did not mention the other weird thing that happened when we popped out in public, which is, that, as we know, a rare occurrence. That's right, and it was super fun, man. I mean, my yes. social band my social bandwidth is spent, but uh, having said that, it was, yes. it's really Dave, fun. I mean, Dave will be in the pain cave for the foreseeable future. <laughs> We've seen each other in the last three weeks more than we have maybe in the last. Five yeah. years? The past two years? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Something like uh, that. Big shout out to Cutso, uh, plug yep. four yep. of the Dad Bod Rap Pod experience yes, uh, for putting together that vinyl night, which is called Wax Wednesdays. And it's it was just a really, really fun night. A bunch of family came through and mm-hmm. like Damone made an appearance so we could plan the Dante <laughs> thing for like five minutes behind the turntables. It was just it was just a fun night. Yeah, yeah man. Um, yeah, it's been a good weather, good vibes. Bruise with the bros, living it up a little bit. Uh, we may not set foot outside for another six months. No, that's lies. I'm trying to trying to see over my eagle in Berkeley this weekend. But um, oh, yeah, just living living the summer up while it's here, and uh, appreciative of all y'all that continue to rock with us. The Patreon is still bubbling. Uh, we've been putting new and interesting things in that space. One of those things is I did a sex relationship podcast with blockhead um, yeah sex with blockhead man. on our patreon that's like <laughs> five, five bucks a month dude no man <laughs> it, if, if that were true it would go it would have to go way up but uh we did a we did a 50 minute podcast where we talked about sex relationships and the like uh still working on a title for it but it was like a pilot that we did and that's there in the dad bod rap pod patreon you can rock with us there patreon.com slash dad bod rap pod uh, we're still holding on to Twitter. Um, I'm not going to do any of these like other things. I will be in the flaming wreckage of Twitter Twitter no before threads. I walk out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing threads or, or spills or anything. I mean, when the time comes, I will walk over there. But uh, for the foreseeable uh, dystopian future, you can find us on Twitter at DadBodRapPod, on Instagram at DadBodRapPod, um, and we have an amazing interview this week. We're coming back strong. Uh, a couple of artists who have been in our universe for a long time put together a really good record. That would be Video Dave and Controller Seven. I'm going to talk to them right now. Dead Bod Rap.
Dead Bod Rap Pod every week. We talk to people who are moving and shaping hip-hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in separate but equal Zoom rooms, we have Video Dave and Controller 7. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So just for the viewers, no, I like, like to bring you in. Literally what is happening. Yeah. I, I like <laughs> to bring you in. Video Dave has... Uh, put on what I could only describe as a couture Lucha Libre mask <laughs> and uh, and is is smoking something. I'm going to say uh, the scare, Scarecrow from Batman Begins if it was like a totally different movie and it was colorful <laughs> and crocheted or something. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I know it does look like a Lucha Libre mask, but I wasn't going for that. More Scarecrow is what I was okay. trying to do. Okay, okay. Um, and, and thank you for uh, spicing up our our typically non-masked wearing uh, set here. Controller 7 Video Dave, you guys have a new record out called Articulated Textiles. Uh, just dropped a couple weeks ago. Let's start with you, Dave. Um, I feel like this is a concept record. Is that fair to say? Excuse me. Um. I'm not sure if I would actually say concept record because when I think concept record, I really think more cohesive concept. I don't know. I didn't look at it as concept record. Why do you say that? Um, well, maybe let me qualify it. It seems like a concepts record. Uh, we're in a we're in an era where it's cool to just like loop something up and then you just rap about whatever. And then you make 15 of those and then you put them out. Um, that's not what happened here. I feel like every song has a, a very focused purpose and intent. Um, and I'm wondering kind of what, what was the process like coming up with these joints? Um, I mean, it was, it was just like get beats and start writing was like what was happening. But when we started, we started thinking that it was going to be an album, like well, not an album. We started thinking it was just going to be a few songs, but by four songs, by the fourth song, I was like, this is an album, you know, like mm -hmm. I could see that coming. And we were very much talking about doing it on vinyl. So at first it was going to be short and then it turned into a full length. But like once we knew how, like once we had more than five or six songs, then it was like, okay, this is going to be a full length album. And the thing driving me was just like, I mean, I knew I had the beginning of the album. And then at a certain point, I knew I had the last song on the album, and it was just like, okay, now we just got to fill this all in. Nice. Um, first off, uh, thanks for joining us, you guys. We we're we're really enjoying the album. So, um, thank you. So this you. Uh, this first question is for both you guys, but I'll start off with Tommy first. So when did you? I'm sorry, Controller Seven first. When did you <laughs> first? Um, when did you first familiarize yourself with Video Dave's music, and how did he first strike you? And then you know, same question for Dave. Once once uh, C Seven goes, um, I think I probably learned of him through Open Mic Eagle. Um, so I knew of him for a while and. Uh, I always liked the songs he was on and then seeing him in the videos. And then I followed him on Instagram and um, I've said this before, but I just think he's kind of like an interesting person in general. Like he's entertaining. Like if he's out walking and he's talking, like there's something kind of humorous and musical, even about like his just general speaking. Um, so that was interesting to me. And then, 
he was doing the hats and, you know, just like he does a lot of things that I think are interesting. So I was kind of intrigued and um, I had messaged him way earlier, like just kind of an open invitation. Like if you ever want to do a song, uh, just let me know. Or if you ever want beats, um, I think I didn't, he maybe didn't catch me on the radar at that point. Um, and then later down the line, he had posted a song and kind of on Instagram and asked sort of like, is this a thing? Like, should I do something with this? And then I messaged him like, yeah, like you should. And uh, it just kind of sparked the conversation. And that's how, how we started talking. And um, I think just the conversation was flowing. And then he asked for some beats and um, I, I think I sent like four and I'm, pretty sure they're all on the album that definitely yeah. goodbye goodbye which is the first song on there was in there um, the plug, goodbye and the plug tune were the first email mm-hmm. and screen time and uh i think passing lane was the second email that's yeah. like at that point i knew it was an album like goodbye screen time passing lane um what was the other one I just said? Oh, the plug tune. Like those four were the first four songs. And it was like, oh, this is an album. Okay. When when did you first hear Controller 7? I mean, he's been around for a minute, but you know, sort sort of took a reprieve from uh music. Um, when did you first come become aware of him and how did he strike you? Uh, you know, he just told a story, which is pretty accurate to me becoming aware of him. Like he hit me up. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't quite sure who he was. And you know, I think it was like a just a okay, you know, brief. If or if there was a response, it was brief. I'm not even sure. And then that time I put up, I posted that song. It was it was New Year's Day. <laughs> I was supposed to be at work, but work got canceled because someone got COVID. So I'm sitting in the house. I'm like, man, I need to make more shit this year. I didn't even put anything out last year. Like, I wasn't happy with that really. Um, so I was just like, man, I need to do something. I need to put something out. It is the way I felt. And uh, I decided to record this song. Like I had one the Smoke Benito beat. I had this verse I wrote. And I recorded that. And I just put it out on Instagram. Like I didn't try to put it on any streaming or anything. I just posted it on Instagram. And it was New Year's Day. And I'm like, nobody's really looking at their phone anyway. So I just put it up, made a little video, put the lyrics. Like that's just what I did with my morning. Because it was New Year's Day and I didn't have shit to do. And then I'm like, I don't know, whatever. So then he... Exactly what he said happened. We had a whole conversation about it, all that. And the interesting thing, and it's, I didn't tell us any of the other podcasts. I'm saving the big stuff for you guys, huh? The, <laughs> uh, what he says that first song um, that I posted on Instagram. That's the that's also in the last song of the album. Interesting. Uh, appreciate the exclusive tidbits, um, Dave. This is the kind of. Uh, public debut for some people i'm sure of your textile art um the album title references it the cover is going to be your um kind of felting like can you talk a little bit about how that part of your art is evolving and how it's involved with this record overall um it's just something i do all the time and uh like it's a part of the record because i would be doing it while i was making the record and then i started thinking about it i started thinking about the sewing more more as 
I don't know. I just started thinking about it more and what I was actually doing and trying to describe it as art and like figure out what it was because I wanted an art show and like you have to like people are like, what kind of artist are you? And I'm like, I don't know. I sew things like, you know, I didn't I don't know what I'm doing. So I started trying to figure out what it was really. And um, that's even where the like how I figured out the album title, like I was trying to describe my art and I was like, oh, and like looking up all these different words and different words for clothes and different words for fabric and different word like and then it came like the word articulated when I found out that it also meant connecting pieces. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm like, I've heard that before, but I never really put that together. Like I was looking up the word articulated as, you know, speaking context. I was just like, let me look at the definition of articulated just so I could see if there's anything good in there. And when I read it and I'm like, oh, shit, it also means to connect things like with the fucking text, the felt. Then I textiles and I don't know, I had all kinds of thoughts. And then once I came up with that term for what I was doing with the sewing, then I was like, that's the name of the album. And this was before the album was done. I was just like, oh, that's the name of the album, Articulated Textiles. And um, and then it became more of kind of what I was doing. Mike asked me once in some interview about uh, if there was a relation between the sewing and the rapping. And then because he asked me that, like, then I, I found it and I've thought of it more. And it's like, it's just putting things together. It's breaking things down, cutting them apart, mixing them up, putting them together in uh, patterns that don't necessarily make sense to other people. But I see what's happening. That's beautiful, man. You could say that you peeped the weakness in the rap game and sewed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you there. I'll be I here. I like that. Um, <laughs> uh, Controller 7. Listening to this album, the beats on this album, um, they seem specifically made for video day. Um, can you talk about your process for like which beats you sent him and did you make stuff with video day of mine? Uh, I did, but then he he had mentioned I didn't realize it. He he kind of teased me one time that I guess I sent some and they had someone else's name on like the the metadata, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. straight like I, like I said, <laughs> but it it was, it was really it was that New Year's Day. We were talking. He said, "Send me some stuff." It's like I sent things that I just had ready. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, I feel like there, there's a mixture. There were some things that like I had made. And sometimes you make stuff and you try it with someone and it's just not the right person. And then you're not going to just toss the whole thing. So it, a few years later or whatever, it may find the right person. And um, so I think it was like, like a 60, 40, maybe 50, 50, I don't know. Like I had stuff, but then um, once I sent him things and he sent me things back, I realized like, okay, we can, I see what we can do here. Cause a lot of the stuff were things that, um, I just wouldn't even send some people cause they would probably just say, no, like, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> um, and some of them, like, uh, there's one called you is the, I don't know the final you title is me. you yeah. tell, you tell me. Um, so that one, like I specifically made for him and I put in the, there's like little cartoon things saying things and those right. were there before. And I said, I was like, all right, it's a challenge for you. Like I put these things in there, like I can move them if you need me to, but like, just 
try to try to write around or wrap around them i see so so it was all all of those things were in there and i i made that up front knowing like we're working on this record like i made that for him and that was kind of like a challenge to see if he could do that not like i'm trying to challenge him but it was like it's kind of hard the way we're working like if to do it after like i'd have to know things he had in mind and find things to fit it so I just did it in reverse where I put stuff in there and then he wrote around it. Um, so yeah, it was a mixture of like, I had some stuff done, like the plug tune, like I had pretty much most of that like finished. It was, I think like the final version is pretty much the final version, although it's slower than I originally made it. Cause I mm-hmm. think something happened when he recorded, it just got, it pitched down maybe like minus four or something. And I had to just, uh, we had trouble fixing it. So I had to kind of just cave and just go with, with his version. It sounds fine. I can't even remember the original one at this point, but, um, yeah, so it was a mixture. Some of it I had already, and then some things I made specifically. And then some like the last song, the index, song um it was really basic like a lot of them were really basic when i gave it to him and he would send things back and what you hear on the end is like really different than than what we started with Mm -hmm. awesome awesome thanks for the insight on that um dave so um like we were saying and we were just talking i mean we love the production on here but I, i but i'm wondering um what's your favorite beat of controller sevens on here and you know how was it just conducive to your writing process um well the favorite beat wasn't the best for my writing process i think and it's my favorite beats not my favorite song Mm, okay but it's just that beat was like of all the beats on the album it's like, oh, that's the one. That's the that's the vibe. That's something that uh, everybody that I look up to would have rapped on. Which maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they'd hear their beat and be like, "That's not for me." But in my mind, I was like, "Yeah, they would get on this one." And that's a um, pardon interruption. Pardon interruptions. Uh, mm. sick. Yeah, nice. that beat is just ridiculous. Like those drums and the start and stop and the way it ramps up. Like it just it sounds like it uh it sounds like a cartoon. It sounds like a scene out of the jungle book. I love it. <laughs> nice. And you've got the the two uh features with Open Mike Eagle and MC Paul Barman on there. Um mm-hmm. yeah, definitely for me one of the highlights of the album. I, I thought mm-hmm. I thought that mm-hmm. came together really well. Thanks. Um, I wanted to talk about another track real quick, um, which is Baby Talk. Um, mm-hmm. Dave, you're kind of singing. I don't know if you'd consider it that melodically rapping. Um, it's just a very interesting beat, very idiosyncratic song, not like a lot of stuff that's out today. Like, how, how did this idea come to come to pass? Was it just a beat that was sent and you felt the need to kind of bring that energy to it? Or was it a collaboration you guys talked about wanting to do something like that and then C7 cooked it up? Like, just tell us the story, please. Um, That, well, the story of that song is that song, that song predates everything else on the whole album, really. Uh, because I wrote that, I wrote that pre-pandemic. 
I wrote that song before lockdown. I wrote that on the road with uh uh Mike and um brother Ali. And that was like February 2020. Um and that song, you know, you know that whole like, oh, what would you tell yourself if you're a baby idea? Like I just had I had something that had like an argument had a situation with somebody and that shit had me feeling in all kind of ways and i was just like i wrote that song like pretty angry when i wrote the song and i was just like man i don't know but it what i turned it into was like this is what you know advice to a baby like that's straight up sitting down talking to a baby look sit that baby up prop it up you know like you know this is weak neck baby i'm saying young and you sit it sit it there <laughs> prop it up and you tell that baby what's happening and you're telling that baby about life. That's what's happening in that song. So I wrote that way back then. And I like, I think I tried to rap it on one or two beats I had maybe, or like, I don't know. I didn't know what I was trying to do with it. Then when I got that beat, I don't, I just remember opening up that beat and being like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is wonderful. And like, I heard that beat and that beat was a whole different thing. Like, it's not that I immediately knew baby talk would work on it. It's like, I heard that beat and I was just like, um, like, wow, what is this? And that shit was like, um, <laughs> that shit was like a jazz club, you know, like, and it's, uh, Ella Fitzgerald and, uh, Louis Armstrong. And that's who, that's who did that song. But I couldn't, I wish I could have did more. I, I, I should have went a little harder. Man. I mean, it was, it was one of those songs where uh, not a lot of rappers take risks like that. I mean, there's a lot of rappers trying to do melody and things, but not like um, Cotton Club type melody. Um, yeah. So and I, I felt like it, it definitely worked. Um, when you were, you and Mike were last in the Bay, we caught y'all show at Neck of the Woods and we were kind of chilling backstage and you were like, all right, I got to do my show now. And then you left and Mike was like, y'all really need to go see the show. So we went out and we we saw your show and it was so interactive. Uh, there's video components, obviously. Um, but I just remember being blown away by the presentation, having never seen you perform before. Thank you. So my question is, is there going to be um, a kind of a, a video component to our articulated textiles once you get back out on the road? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, next, I don't know when I'm going to get, like, when I get to... When this time comes, I get to tour and get to perform this album. Then, yeah, like you know, yeah, every song is gonna have something, and there's gonna be a, a whole, some whole different level of interaction. Even mm. then, but there's gonna be video. There's gonna be me telling people shit and maybe showing them stuff, passing some things around the audience. Okay, uh, are we are we still know. doing that's raffle? Oh yeah, there's always gonna be raffles. I mean, okay. we could raffle right now. Y'all want to Venmo me ten bucks each for a ticket? We got. It. <laughs> yeah. you got yeah, the no, the raffle's great, man. People like the raffle. I like the raffle. Uh, I was gonna auction. That was my idea. It was like to An auction, auction. House. right? And the first uh, show, I tried to like kind of do it like a very easy auction. I wasn't even like really going hardcore, but like the people were just like it was kind of like awkward for everyone and i was like no you know what like nobody did it i didn't sell a hat i didn't i get uh where was that that was in uh i say it in the song brighton first stops brighton 
Okay. Was, I, I wrote that before we went, but I knew we were going to Brighton first. But then in Brighton, I tried to do the hat auction. That shit did not work. And I didn't sell a hat. I didn't sell nothing. Then the next night, I went out and I bought a box and bought raffle tickets. And I did a raffle. And hot damn, raffle tickets <laughs> sold. Like, everybody loved it. The whole crowd standing around cheering. The raffle in it. Hey, raffles. People love raffles. Nice, nice. Yeah, I we remember being there. It was really dope. Um, this question is for uh, Controller Seven. Um, one of my favorite cuts on there is the plug tune, and um, I actually like hit you up on the side about that about the sample because I mean it was very obviously very obvious that it wasn't the Invitations version. Um, just just kind of want to know when that beat um, was made, when it came about. Was like was the True Goy incident on on your mind? Like, just tell us about how that came about uh yeah no i none of the like a daylight connection wasn't there when i first okay. made it um the plug tune connection like so that's dave doing the vocals that that sounds like the the daylight sample um but i did that beat i had this period where so i did i did like two three albums so i did couch billy and then the exhale one i was I came back after not having ma made music in a long time and i just was really into it and it was locked down and i was you know i maybe had more time at home than usual and um so but then after i had this kind of this period where i was trying to keep it going but it was hard to make all the connections and like just line something up so I was making things and um I probably so that's probably when I made that one sometime in 2020 or maybe early 2021. Um so I had that one. Um yeah, and then I think that was one of the ones like so it was pretty much more more finished. Like I think probably not exactly as it was, but it was pretty close to what the final version is. Um but then I sent it to Dave and according to him, he's got four versions of it. I think I've only heard, I've heard two. There was an earlier one and it was, uh, the vocals were just, um, they were different. They were more topical. And um, it, to me, it just didn't seem, I, I was concerned that it sounded like of that particular moment in time. I think it was like right when, Elon Musk bought Twitter. Uh, it may have been like right then, and there was some reference to like Bezos like and stuff like one. that. It wasn't like I was. It wasn't like I was doing the wrap up of that week or something. Whenever, no, it, whenever he it, describes it, it seem, makes it seem like I was doing a twenty. <laughs> like, and today's news was, but, but no, I, it, I did. It was. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the whole song, but I think it just had some things where I was like like who knows how long it'll take for this album to come out. And when it comes out, is that reference going to be like, like, whoa, that, this guy's talking about Elon and Twitter over here. And, um, you might have already ruined Twitter by the time it came out. <laughs> Twitter might not even exist. But I could have predicted it. How about if I would have had some dope-ass <laughs> bar about like, Elon's going to get Twitter and, and ruin it. And I then, think after like, this uh, interview, Dave is going to go put the other version back on streaming. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, so, I mean this. The it it turned out way better. Like he was he was right. It's just funny that like 
because I I didn't necessarily agree with him, but I was just like, all right, I'll give it another shot. Like basically was what I thought. Like, I don't necessarily agree with this assessment that it's too current, but okay. Like it could be better. Like he kind of said that even in like the, I think the order of the message is like, oh, I think it could be better. And then like, and it was just like, well, all right, I'll just take that. That statement at face value is good enough to, I think it could be better. Okay. So, right on. So yeah. controller seven, not just a beat maker, but a producer. Uh, that's actually <laughs> cool to hear a little bit about the back and forth. And I'll just last thing, cause I didn't want to interrupt further that that night at neck of the woods is also the first time you guys ever met in person, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were there for history. Uh, it, so. it's, it's it's funny too because uh, he only remembers the first half of it yeah. and has has no memory of the second half of it. That's that's weird. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone was on their best behavior that night, and that seems very odd. Uh, having yeah. experienced it myself. Um, okay, kind of wrap it up here, guys. Um, Dave, this question is for you. Um, we know that traveling is a big part of your life. We've talked to you in several different states, and um, I know for you travel for work and stuff. Travel seems like a real theme on this album. I'm just wondering if that's just because that's your thing and you're really into that, or is it kind of a post-COVID, like, I get to travel again kind of vibe? And uh, in that way, it kind of reminds me of Billy Wood's Maps record, which is also another big record this year. I, I don't know. Obviously, yeah. it's not an influence, but I'm just wondering if you see the connection and if you could just yeah, talk no, about that a little bit. No, completely. I mean, I was when I listened to Woods's record and saw their cover, and I was just like, holy shit, like this is, they're going to think I bit the record. I knew this was coming, so I'm ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it, it totally was uh, about traveling. And um, I mean, I wrote, I wrote it on planes half the time like the me singing at the end was me was me walking through the airport like i have another song that i put out while we were working on this album and it was like it's one like it's that time was that time that i was just going and traveling all the time flying to tennessee and back and forth all the time to work uh reality tv and then going on tour with mike going overseas we went to europe while i was on this album like toured like literally 10 countries i think like while i was actively writing this record so it was completely all about that and um you know it started with a song about flying like a few people have thought that that was like more of a metaphor about me and, and i'm like oh no that song's just about airplanes <laughs> those things might crash <laughs> you never know <laughs> uh that's that's super dope uh, Articulated Textiles is out right now. This is my review. It's an album album, y'all. Uh, we live in a time of song collections, and this is really an album. Nate said it uh, in some of our side chats. It feels like an album that could have come out um, at any time in the last 20 years. It, it feels timeless in a way. Um, so congrats to y'all. Thanks so much for coming on the program. Uh, have you exhausted every hip-hop podcast? Is there another? <laughs> Where do you go from here? Is my question. I think I think there. I'm not. I'm not sure. I think there might be a couple that we haven't gotten to do yet, and I'm going. I'll do them all. <laughs> I'll do every single one there is. Hit it up, man. You guys are, should be very proud of the record, and it's great Absolutely. to talk to you both. And hopefully, our paths will cross again soon. Hope so. Thank you. Good to, good to see you guys. Thanks, y'all. You too. Thank you. <laughs>